Here's a message from Ken Lavica. There's a mass exodus in Carolina. I was the first to go. The latest, Christian McCaffrey. And free my guy, DJ Christian. Turn me up. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. That's right, it's the Big Teddy Takeover here on Ken Lavica Live on a Friday, a football Friday here in South Florida. On a weekend where it's it's really a, a, a revenge weekend for a lot of the South Florida teams, not just football, but basketball and even hockey. Uh, today, Stone Labanowitz, Ken Lavica both out. I'm in Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm joined by Jeanette Javier, the Dominican diva, who is unloading her backpack, getting ready to get a good show in. And we got Cyrus Whitting, who's also preparing for tonight's show, uh, Football Night in South Florida, and... Um, what is it? Oh, high School Hysteria. How did I blank on that? Well, Cy, High School Hysteria up? is a basically the pregame show into yeah. Football Night in South Florida, and it's the showdown. I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah. Fort, Fort Pierce Central, Fort Pierce Westwood, which they just call a showdown, which is, I mean, if you got a <laughs> one name, you don't even say, like, it's the battle for whatever, just Nothing. showdown. Just showdown. It's, that's, that, you know it's legit. It'll, it'll be fun. It'll be fun out there at, uh, what, Longwood Stadium tonight. So we'll be uh, kicking it out there. I'll be out, um, actually, at South County Stadium for Treasure Coast Centennial, which is a big-time battle as well in district play. It's heating up in high school football. Uh, also, uh, can we all just take a moment to at least and rejoice, right, to at least exhale Thursday night football on Prime Video. This is not going to be the thing that we talk about a lot right now, but I want to at least applaud both football teams, the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints. Not because it was really a great game to watch, but damn it, at least we got some touchdowns, right? At least we got a lot of scoring as the Cardinals beat the Saints um, because Andy Dalton threw three interceptions and, you know, Andy Dalton primetime. I, I forgot that that was an Andy Dalton primetime game, and then he reminded me by throwing two pick sixes. Yeah, what is he, 0 for his last 12 in primetime games? <laughs> I was uh, I was talking with Josh Cohen as he was leaving the studio yesterday, and he was like, who do you like tonight? I was like, whoever Andy Dalton's not playing. Like, yeah. you know, that's it's you cannot – he he looked like he looked pretty good the first first few throws and then I think it was like seven to six. I left my computer, came back five minutes later and, and it's twenty eight to seven or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Andy Dalton the the or the 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 uh the red rocket yeah. strikes again. Well the red rocket was playing for the team in red. Yeah. Jeanette, did you get a chance to catch any of that Thursday night football game? Because at least again, we were crying so much about all the Russell Wilson stuff, the no touchdown games, all of the pitiful games that we had on Thursday Night Football. At least we got a bunch of points in this one. Uh, no, I was watching a lot of basketball and taking care of some personal things. So. You know what? I like that. I like <laughs> that because we're going to talk some basketball as well again. But I just want to give Prime Video, I want to give the two teams, the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals, just a little bit of a round of applause, a little bit of appreciation for giving us some scoring on a Thursday night. But we're on to Friday now, and it is going to be, again, a big rivalry not rivalry, but really like a uh, a get-back game weekend for a lot of different teams throughout South Florida. We have the – well, we'll start with tonight. Tonight we have the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat who came out and laid a dud, which me and Cyrus went on the bright line and checked out on Wednesday night at FTX Arena. They laid a dud against the Chicago Bulls. They're back at home tonight against none other than the Boston Celtics. So we got a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals rematch tonight at FTX, tip-off at 7.30, and that one's going to be good, hopefully, if if the Heat show up with any kind of offense. And then you kick it forward to Saturday, which, Jeanette, are you going to be going to the Canes game Saturday? No. Not doing a tailgate thing this time around, but you know what? The Miami Hurricanes hosting Duke. The last time Duke played at Hard Rock Stadium, Duke beat Miami 20-12. That was in 2018, their first win at Miami since 76. Wow. So this is their first time back, and the Canes, in a struggling year, need to make sure they get their get back because they cannot afford. I mean, Cyrus, can they afford a loss to Duke at home after what has gone on this year so far? No, the Mario they, Cristobal era? They cannot. I mean, loss to Duke means losing four out of four out of their last five, back below 500, one and two in the ACC play. 
Miami's got to build up some momentum before. You know, they got a winnable game next week at Virginia, who looked very pedestrian uh, last night against Georgia Tech. And then you host Florida State. So yeah. you cannot lose the the little momentum that you have if you're Miami. You, you better. They, they better get right. It's, it's time to get right in South Florida. I skipped over one. The Florida Panthers for the NHL, they have tonight at 730 at FLA. Uh, they are going to host the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, the team that swept them out of the playoffs last year after they got the President's Trophy for the most points in the season. And Stone Labanowitz and Ken Levicka were parading me and telling me all of these great, glorious things about how good this Panthers offense was, and then they got swept by the Lightning. They get some chance to get back tonight in South Florida. And then on Sunday, it's the big finale. We got Miami Dolphins hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people are like, what? That's not much of a, you know, that's not much of a revenge game of sorts. But you got to remember, on that staff with Mike Tomlin is Brian Flores, former coach of the Miami Dolphins, who's a defensive assistant with the Steelers. Who was the guy that Flores didn't believe in, didn't trust in the leader's offense? Who's the guy that he undermined it time after time by throwing Ryan Fitzpatrick out there to close games? None other than Tua Tungavailoa, who is making his comeback after all, or at least expected to so far, make his comeback on Sunday Night Football at Hard Rock Stadium. So again, if you're getting tickets to any kind of sporting event in South Florida this weekend, you are in luck because there's a lot of storylines around those games. Looking forward to that one as well, especially if Tua's able to get back out there. But today we do have to start with um, the big news in the NFL, and it wasn't what happened on Thursday Night Football. It was the trade of Christian McCaffrey, the trade of a guy who is residually a top three pick in fantasy football, considered the best, you want to call it dual threat running back in the league, being able to catch out of the backfield as well as run between the tackles, run outside. He's such a great threat in the red zone. Christian McCaffrey leaving the Carolina Panthers, going to the San Francisco 49ers for a heap of picks, and now the Carolina Panthers continue to dump off players that that are, you know, either teams need because they want to contend or players that maybe are a little disgruntled like Robbie Anderson, but it's a mass exodus out of Carolina Again, like I said to start the show, I was the first to go. <laughs> and uh, next up, I'm hoping, is DJ Moore. And it kind of had me thinking like this, uh, Cyrus Jeanette. I don't know how y'all feel particularly, but for me right now, I I have my, my white picket fence sign or whatever you call it, and I'm parading around. And on that sign, it says, free DJ Moore. Because there, nothing else would fill my heart with joy than seeing another Panther star be able to leave the situation in Carolina where they say they're not tanking but they're selling on their stars where they say they're trying to win, but they bring in guys like Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater and now Baker Bayfield to try and win games. Free DJ Moore, get him to a contender, and it made me think, am I the only one that feels this way? There's so many athletes right now that are in bad situations, whether that be bad coaching. I mean, Kyler Murray with the Cardinals, it's not the best situation for him, whether that be guys like DJ Moore who are just in bad situations where the franchise feels like it's it's given up on its own purpose of trying to go out there and win games and put on a show for their hometown fans. I'm thinking right now, if there's any athlete in the world right now I want to be freed from a situation, it's DJ Moore and Christian Cat, the silent assassin. Uh, this is me to DJ Moore, who's stuck right now in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> but this is me yelling out to Christian, uh, not to Christian, but to DJ Moore to get him out of Charlotte into a contender. I'm going to get you out of here. I promise you. I'm going to get you out of there. You don't belong in there. I'm going to get you out. I'm going to get you out of there. I'm going to do everything it takes (laughs) to make sure you get out. That's me to you, DJ Moore. We are going to get you out of Carolina just like Christian McCaffrey was able to make his way out to San Francisco to a contender. So I got to ask you guys now, out of all of the athletes that are in bad situations right now in any of the professional sports leagues, it could be hockey, it could be baseball. Uh, right now, for me, it's the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. Which athlete is it that you just want to free from their circumstances, free from their shackles? It, it's a tough question because the football is, is such a – the ultimate team game, you know, one one out of every 20, 22 guys on the field. So it's – like in basketball, you go to like – you go to the top scores in the league, and there's very few guys who are in the top 20 in the league who aren't on contenders at all. I mean, maybe De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. So the first guys that come to mind for me are back in baseball, and it's Mike Trout and Shohei mm. Otani. 
a on the deal. Los Angeles Angels. I mean, Mike Trout's been literally a top, has been the MVP or a top three MVP vote getter for virtually the entire time he's been in the league and has never even sniffed the playoffs, barely sniffed like a wild card chase. Shohei Otani, you know, is doing stuff we haven't seen since baseball players were, were named like Goose and Cat, cat not even. And Babe. Far, like Babe and <laughs> Just four names, just like playing in before they even had gloves. Yeah, pitching and and hitting home runs and every and the Angels, they're terrible. I mean, those are the two guys who pop out the page for me. Are like, I don't know if we're ever going to see these guys play any meaningful playoff games at this rate. I feel you on that a hundred percent, and I think um, for for Jeanette Javier here. I have a hunch as to who she wants to get freed. It might be a guy who also is getting freed from his own marriage right now who is out there looking like he's not able to put up any points with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But for you, Jeanette, who's the one athlete that you want to see freed from their situation? Because is it Tommy? Is it Tom Brady? I was going to – I. I was thinking that way, but as <laughs> the Tom Brady stan I am, more importantly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stan I am, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I feel that. No. So who's your one athlete then that you would like to see freed from their franchise? I would go Joe Burrow. Whoa. What? I don't think the Bengals are doing what they can with him right now. What? He deserves a better situation. They won the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> What's wrong with Joe Burrow's situation? And, uh, they, the offensive line has. It is. They can't protect him. You have a young gun right there. Yeah. And I'd say come to the Buccaneers, but we also don't have an offensive line. Look so. at you. Is this just a plot? Every single time there's a topic, you find it is a ploy to make your team better, whether it be the Magic or the Bucks. Is this just your no, ploy? No, 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 Because if I wanted to make Tampa Bay better, I would say grab somebody else who can hold, who can protect who Tom can Brady. Who can protect Tom Brady. Who right? can protect a quarterback right now. Okay. But well, release Joe Burrow. Release Joe Burrow from the shackles of the reigning AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. A hot take here early on Ken Levick Alive, but you know what? It's Friday. It's It's been cool out, out here in South Florida. I like to make chaos. I like that. I like that. You know, you guys know me. We might as well heat it up a little bit, Cy. What, a, one of my favorite tweets, this is from last year, this guy, Matt O. Mike. He goes, every, every time I see an Angels highlight, it's like, quote, Mike Trout hit three home runs and raised his average to 528 while Shohei Otani did something that, that hasn't been done since Tungsten Armo Doyle yeah. of the 1921 Akron Groomsmen, and the Angels lost 8-3. to three. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's just the story in Los Angeles. Those two guys are incredible, and... They just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the Angels are going to do. They they signed Rendon to a big contract, and I don't even know if he played this season. But it's it's tough. I mean, there's not a lot of guys who are in really truly bad situations that that their team cannot do anything around them. Christian McCaffrey's very fortunate to get out and, and go to a team like San Francisco where they've got a chance to, to make some noise in really the NFC, which is totally wide open. Right, and that's the big reason why we're bringing this up in general. The big time blockbuster deal we were all waiting on it to happen ever since Matt Rule was fired um, from the Carolina Panthers Christian McCaffrey goes to the San Francisco 49ers the details on the trade the Niners are sending a second third and fourth round pick in the 2023 draft plus a fifth rounder in the 2024 draft to get Christian McCaffrey now what we have right now in in the Bay Area is a team with I mean maybe the best weapons in the NFL right? George Kittle at tight end. You have Debo Samuel at receiver and you have Christian McCaffrey at running back. Thinking about guys who just are good at yak. I mean, they might be the best three yak guys at their position. Christian McCaffrey is a running back. When he gets the ball in his hands at any point, he's a threat to score a touchdown. Debo Samuel, when he touches the ball at any point, he's a threat. And, and George Kittle might be the hardest guy to tackle in the NFL. His size, his frame, his speed, his elusiveness. Jimmy Garoppolo has everything he possibly needs right now as a quarterback to succeed, except for maybe the uh, the skill level that he would likely want, and Mike Shanahan would want out of him. But does this make the San Francisco 49ers a contender like they want to be? Does adding Christian McCaffrey make it, the 49ers a team that is actually maybe that second-best team in the NFC? I mean, it's been discussed widely right now. It feels like we have three teams in the NFL. We've got the Chiefs, we've got the Bills, we've got the Eagles. In the NFC, who's that other team that's going to contend? Because it should be your Bucks, Jeanette. And it's, like you said, until they're able to protect Tom Brady or even get a push up front for Leonard Fournette to make some room in a running game, like, they're going to be 
middling Sunday to Sunday. They have the Panthers this Sunday, which should be an easy win, but mm-hmm. there have been no easy wins for the Bucks this year. Yeah, and I'm still looking for a Panthers fan to make a bet with this weekend. <laughs> I'm feeling confident. <laughs> feeling confident, but I also said that last weekend against the Steelers. What? What is that? We... <laughs> You've lost three straight now. And when you started this with Tyree, I thought it was going to be a great year for you. You had Tyree rocking the Tom Brady socks on TV. It was great. He did so well. I'm very proud of him. And then it just all went downhill for you. Is that is that making you – just your mood on Sundays now, seeing these Bucks lose and also knowing that you have like a little bit of a skin in the game. Is it tougher? Yes. Yeah, so what I last Sunday I was in Dallas – and I did. I wasn't able to watch the game. Yeah. I watched like the first half, um, and I received the notification on my phone, <laughs> and I literally yelled, "What the expletive!" <laughs> and then my friends who aren't sports fans, they looked at me like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "I have to dress like a bee now in the in the office." So what? So just to re-give the details of this, Jeanette Javier made a bet. So your first bet was with Tyree Smith. Bucks versus Saints. The mm-hmm. Bucks win. Tyree has to wear Tom Brady socks on TV. The next week you had Courtney, right? Yes. Next week was Courtney. Courtney, uh, who's our marketing director, Courtney Rukoff. I told y'all we're gonna say her last name mm-hmm. from Ru, now Ru, on. Ru. Don't skim over it. Mm-hmm. All of these lazy hosts that don't want to say it. we're gonna say it. Marketing director here, Courtney Rukoff. Her Packers beat your your Bucks, and you had to write a love letter to no, Aaron Rodgers. No, she Rogers. had to write the love letter. Yeah. And I had to read it on air. And you delivered it very well. Thank you. And topping that performance, I believe, personally, was what you had to do last week because you challenged my Chiefs, which is usually a, a losing proposition. I don't have the sign here anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. I made sure of it. I looked around the office. You challenged my Chiefs. So I'm, I'm big Chiefs fans, as everybody knows, born in Kansas. Um, newest to the Chiefs kingdom, but also still heralded as a great Chiefs fan. Mm. And it was a route. When my Chiefs beat your Bucks, so you had to sing a verse off of Hot in Here, um, which Nelly. I nailed. Which you killed it. Yeah, it was I, very I impressive. You heard it, Cy. It really. Good. I heard it. I wasn't even. I was not in the same. Well, I was in the other room, but yeah. I heard it through the walls. Jeanette, it was great. In fact, like I had the phone up to my ear <laughs> when you were rapping it, but it was loud enough that the people in the waiting room at the massage place in Jupiter I was at, they were like, "What's going on?" They were all like looking at me, and I'm I'm dying laughing. I'm like, "This is great stuff." Mm-hmm. So no, I always come through. I always deliver. You know, you guys again know my style. I love chaos and go hard to go home. I love that for you. So now you you're on a three game skid and you're looking for a win. So what I'll do right now for you, and I don't know if it's gonna work, Jeanette, but okay. I'll do it for you just because I care for you. I want to see you back on the right side of these things. Thank you, Sam. Let's just make a quick call to action. All right, Carolina Panthers fans. Now I know there aren't many of you. I know that there was one in South Florida last year. We're not going to say who, but he's no longer with the Panthers. His name's Theo Dorsey. His, his name might be Theo Dorsey. It might be me. But since I've left that that sinking ship behind, we're going to make this call to anybody. If you're in your car right now, if you're listening on the ESPN app or if you are listening on ESPN 106.3 and you're a Carolina Panthers fan, make a bet with Jeanette right now. 888-760-3776. I'll give you the whole show. We'll call for this later on if you're trying to get some some courage about you to be able to tap in, 888-760-3776. If you're feeling frisky about these Carolina Panthers, Scott Fitterer, GM of the Carolina Panthers, did say today, he met with the media uh, about a half hour ago, did a press conference. Scott Fitterer said the Panthers are playing to win. The Carolina Panthers, though they are selling assets and it looks like they're tanking right now, any any general sports fan would say it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like trading your best player is playing to win. Mm-hmm. He says they're they're trying to win games right now. The Bucks play the Panthers. Is this one in Tampa Bay or is it in Carolina? We'll look that up and see as we try to give these Panthers fans. It's in it's in Carolina. This is a home game. It's in Charlotte. All right, Bank of America Stadium. It's going to be a raucous crowd rooting on whatever PJ Walker, uh, Sam Dar- Darnold. I heard is coming back. I don't pay attention to those guys anymore. Keep pounding them. Panthers fan, 888-760-3776. Jeanette Javier wants to make a bet with you. She's on a three-game skid. So no better time to get her than right now while she's down. And it's really annoying because the win versus the Falcons. Like, there's also no Falcons no fans Falcons fan. around here. Look, man, I need somebody from Panthers Kingdom, or I guess not really. Well, I was going to say, you're, don't do the Panthers, Chiefs like that. I'm trying to give them something. I'm trying to nation. encourage them. Panthers Nation. It's not really a nation. Panthers Jungle. I don't. I don't have no idea. It's what more it be? like a, right now. It's like Panthers, like uh, Shanty Town. Like, yeah. You know, right now. You Panthers know, Panthers Playpen. 
Panthers playpen, Panthers punching bags. Anybody that is a Carolina Panthers fan, just call in right now. You have a chance to continue to kick Jeanette while she's down, 888-760-3776. Or you can tweet at me, at the Dorsey TV, and let us know what your parameters of the bet will be so that Jeanette can get back maybe on the winning side or we can watch her do another hilarious thing because, Jeanette, you're nailing it. You're doing a great job performing these acts. You know, I'm not scared. Yeah. I deserve what comes. These are my decisions, and I have yeah. to pay off the consequences. Yeah, and if there's any weekend to try and get back on the right side, it'll be this one at Carolina. So we'll see about that one. But back to it, the, the 49ers. Uh, they have all of the playmakers around Jimmy Garoppolo. They have one of the best defenses in the league, so they are naturally going to be a contender. But does Christian McCaffrey's addition make them a contender? I don't think so. I don't think it moves the needle. And Cyrus, you and I both did some research before the show and dug up just what does it mean to have a bell cow running back and how does that contribute to a Super Bowl winning team? Cy, you, you want to give people the stats on on uh, on – all pro running backs on Super Bowl champion teams. Yeah, what did we what did we find out? Marshall Falk was the last guy to be an all pro running back, first team all pro running back on a Super Bowl champion team back when the Rams were in St. Louis. Yes, you had to go Greatest back show to, on turf. You had to go back to 1999. Not even this millennium. Not even this millennium. Ew. Do you have an all pro running back, first team all pro, win a Super Bowl? I don't think Christian McCaffrey's addition moves the needle enough to say that they are going to be a favorite in the NFC to win the Super Bowl, but it's not like it hurts them. It's not like it hurts them. As we try and find that second-best team in the NFC behind the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're looking to see, is it the 49ers? Is it the Giants? There's another big addition. I guess you can call it that, an addition, that is making another NFC East team closer to being a contender, and we heard that from Ryan Clark earlier today on ESPN. Fill in the blank. The return of a healthy Dak Prescott makes the Dallas Cowboys what? A Super Bowl contender. A team that should be right below the Eagles when we're thinking about what the NFC presents. Look at everything that the Cowboys did while they had Cooper Rush at quarterback. I mean, so much so, Greeny, you were trying to create a quarterback controversy Mm -hmm. every Monday morning that we came into work. But Cooper Rush kind of ran its course, and there's so much, there was so much heat on the defense, so much heat on the offensive line, also the running back position. Now Dak Prescott can pick some of those things up. What's going to be big is for Kellen Moore to understand the things that he learned for while calling plays for Cooper Rush, that the run game is important. Protect the offensive line by using the play-action pass, getting the football out of Dak Prescott's hands quickly, and moving the pocket as well to allow Dak Prescott to not have to throw from traffic the entire time. And this defense is top-notch. This defense is not only Super Bowl caliber, it's Super Bowl winning caliber, which is a totally different thing. When you watch the way they rough the passer, defend on the back end, linebackers that run side to side, now with Dak Prescott, this team has everything it needs to win a a championship. You said that early on in the season, Mike McCarthy could be your coach of the year. He's going to get an opportunity to show us because he has everything in the cupboard to make the the right type of meal to have a ring on their fingers in the offseason. That's Ryan Clark again on ESPN's Get Up saying the Cowboys, not the 49ers who just got Christian McCaffrey, not the Minnesota Vikings who are 5-1, and one, but the Dallas Cowboys getting Dak Prescott back makes them the next best team in the NFC, makes them a Super Bowl contender. Is there any argument? I'll start with you, Jeanette, because you are a Bucks fan and you are uh, at least a fan of a team that was expecting to be a contender this year. Mm-hmm. I can any, agree with that. Any argument from you as an NFC fan? No, I'm excited to see. I think that was a missing piece to the 49ers. More excited to see Jimmy G on more on primetime shows. You just want to see his face on primetime shows. I mean, absolutely. Plus, also, I have Demo Sa- Debo Samuels on my fantasy team, so I really hope Christian McCaffrey doesn't take points away from him. <laughs> so you're not really feeling it because you're thinking, you're, you're more personally, you want your fantasy team two to do personal, well. Per, yeah. Two very personal items. More Jimmy G. Don't take away from my fantasy points, please. I feel you on that. 100%. 100%. And as a guy that has Christian McCaffrey in one league, I'm hoping that they use him like the Panthers. <laughs> We're on different sides here. Right. I'm like, I hope they use him. Cy? Well, that's the that's the tough thing. I have Christian McCaffrey in one of my leagues, too. And it's – I feel like the it's going to be a little bit of a wash. Like, in the for the Panthers, he got the ball all the time because he was the only weapon. But he was never really in a position to score because they couldn't they move stumped. the ball without him. Yeah. And they, they, they could never get close to the end zone unless – you know, Christian McCaffrey was making his money in fantasy with the check down. Yeah. You know, he was making his money because he had nine catches for 50 yards. 
But with San Francisco, yeah, he might get less touches, but I think those touches are going to be more efficient. Like, I think in Carolina, he might have 15 touches a game for 75 yards, where in San Francisco, he might have 10 touches a game for 100 yards. So I think it's going to be a little bit of... uh, Less touches, but probably more productivity is my hope for McCaffrey. Well, one scary thing about it, too, is the San Francisco 49ers, their medical staff, and the way that their players every single year, injury after injury after injury, season-ending injury, I'm not sure if that's the most comfortable place for a Christian McCaffrey fantasy manager to have your player go as the one team. It seems like every single year at the start of the season, running back on IR. This year we had Eli Mitchell. Last year, we had Raheem Mostert. The year before that, I feel like it was somebody. We had Hasty go out. I mean, so that's the one thing that makes you a little bit hesitant. But as a guy that's looking at this team that's trying to build towards winning a Super Bowl, McCaffrey helps. He might not move that needle more than the, the re-addition of Dak Prescott back to the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll see how the NFC shakes out. Um, but either way, either way, it'll be fun. And I think the Cowboys have the Lions at home this weekend. So... Welcoming in the Lions defense is going to be a nice, nice, easy red carpet for Dak Prescott and those Dallas Cowboys. If you want the real red carpet treatment and if you want to have some fun as well, then you're going to want to not miss out on the fun that we have packed for you this weekend. Join Yingling and ESPN West Palm this Sunday, October 23rd at Bonefish Max in Wellington for your football Sunday. It's going to be from 1 to 3, so right there during that Cowboys-Lions game, you can watch Dak Prescott and his triumphant return to his Super Bowl contending Cowboys. Come hang out and enjoy $3.99, 16-ounce bottles, or for $5.99, 22-ounce bottles of Yingling or Yingling Flight. While you're there, register to win some awesome prizes, including a pair of Dolphins tickets and a branded Yingling cooler. Yes, it comes with beer. You must be 21 or older. Presented by Yingling, America's oldest brewery. Please drink responsibly. When we come back here on ESPN 106.3 on Ken LaVica Live, we're not just discussing the contenders in the NFC. We're going to discuss what the heck is going on with the Los Angeles Lakers and why Russ Westbrook got saved from one of his teammates. Not LeBron James, but one of his very close teammates in that Lakers locker room. They're 0-2 right now, not looking good. For now, he's Cyrus Whitty. That's Jeanette Javier. I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. DJ Moore, I promise, man, I'm going to try to get you out of there. I promise I will. As the Carolina Panthers continue their fire sale, but then also continue to tell their fans that they're trying to win, which is, you know, a slap in the face. Again, I, I was a Carolina Panthers fan. I know what it feels like to be under this leadership. Dave Tepper, Scott Fitterer, formerly Matt Rule. And now we have more coming out from the Carolina Panthers after they dealt Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. For a heap of picks, a pretty good trade for the Panthers and the 49ers as they look to contend. But as I, as much as I want to see DJ Moore traded, maybe even Brian Burns or any of the other good guys left on the Panthers as we talk about athletes that we want to see freed from their situation I feel like I must at least admit to what I believe is going to happen, and that means, you know, more probably staying with the Panthers, them holding Pat and hoping that they can get a good quarterback. And that's what it sounds like the tone coming out from the Panthers camp is. Uh, Panthers GM Scott Fitterer addressed the media about an hour ago, and he had this to say about not just the team competing, but also maybe pumping the brakes on a fire sale. Traded away your best player. I mean, a lot of people would consider this tanking to get a draft pick for next year. Do you consider it tanking? No, I think uh, what we've had to figure in what's best for the organization, like I was saying. Um, our focus is still going on and going out and competing every weekend. We, ex- we expect to win. And that was uh, Coach's mindset this weekend. You know, the NFL is a, it's a business where you, you lose guys, you know, whether it's injuries, trades, whatever happens. The expectation of winning never changes. Those guys in the locker room fight too hard. They work too hard every day. So... We owe it to them. Uh, that's our expectation as an organization is to go out and win every game. Yeah, they're not going to win every game. Uh, surprise, surprise. The Carolina Panthers now, what, 1-5. They have the Bucks at home um, this weekend, and it just, it just doesn't feel that way. Obviously, the, the franchise is in a rebuilding mode right now, even though it seems like the Bucks very beatable. Panthers not going to win. It also doesn't look like DJ Moore will be free, but at least we got Christian McCaffrey out of there. We got Robbie Anderson, who – 
who was out there for for the Carolina or for the uh, Arizona Cardinals against the Saints. Um, I don't believe he registered any catches in that game um, with all the points that were scored, but he was out there. So we're starting to see that mass exodus from Charlotte. Um, but again, I just don't know. For those 49ers fans that are getting pumped up and excited, I just don't know how much as electric as Christian McCaffrey is and how dynamic he is as a running back catching out of the backfield. I mean, he's been playing in the league for five years now. The Panthers only went to the playoffs this rookie season. It's not going to help that much having Christian McCaffrey in that backfield, unless you think otherwise. I mean, I I think actually it plays into Jimmy G's strengths well in the sense of it's not like they went out and got a guy who needs to is is a down the field receiver who lives on you know deep balls and go like run of the post and the deep, like they get they got a guy who Jimmy G can get the ball into easily and then Shanahan he's very creative with his sets and formations and obviously puts Debo Samuel in the backfield I mean. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see like a, a Debo Samuel Christian McCaffrey Wildcat Ooh. like in the red zone. That we might see that this weekend, as they said, McCaffrey might will probably play this weekend. But if we see him, we're probably going to see him in, in red zone packages. But yeah, I mean, we we said earlier that there's there's only one ball. Like so, like you're only going to get these guys that many opportunities to to make an impact on the game. So whether it's Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and and all that stuff, whether you can. Put it, having those guys on the roster and putting them in the best chances to to make a play for your team, that's a whole different thing. Because it's yeah. not like it's not like Madden. Like it's people think, oh, we got a we got like a ninety seven overall player. We just plug him in and like it's ready to go. Like it's so much more complicated than that. He's got to learn the playbook. There's so many so many question marks still to be answered. Again, with the NFC being so wide open, and especially the NFC West, yeah, being so wide open with. The Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals. I mean, you could make an argument right there that Jimmy G is is just as effective right now as any other quarterback in that div- division. It's weird. Like all of those teams in that division right now feel like they're playing at equal like equal footing, but it's not necessarily a good thing, you know? Like, yeah. The teams that were supposed to be really good are underplaying their expectations, whereas the Seahawks are outplaying expectations, and they're all just right about average with the rest of the NFL right now. Like, nothing feels definitive. Nothing feels certain outside of that top three. And then if you want to bring the Cowboys into it, maybe four. But is it, like, does Christian McCaffrey change that for the 49ers? I mean, I don't think so. I think they're still just a middling team with a quarterback who we don't have that much faith in. I think I think they're, I think they're a better team. But again... The range of what Jimmy Garoppolo can give you is so wide. Yeah. Like he can take you to the Super Bowl. He's done that once with San Francisco, but you can also lose twenty-eight to fourteen and get blown out by the Falcons, like Oof. they did last week. Yeah. So it's just you don't know what guy you're gonna get from a week-to-week basis. I think that again, providing Jimmy G with maybe another weapon like McCaffrey and makes his job easier because you know. Look, much worse quarterbacks than Jimmy G have gone and, and won the Super Bowl. But again, the the NFC is there's just there's so many more there's so much more questions than answers uh, across the, the league and the, really the NFC right now. Yeah, yeah, and that that starts and stops with a lot of those teams after uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. There uh, is there any any other guy? I mean, I know for you, Jeanette, you said it was Joe Burrow. You won him out of Cincinnati. It, there isn't any other guy like maybe like even for the for the Buccaneers themselves, uh, that you might be able to take off of a roster. I mean, you can't use a guy like Christian McCaffrey, but maybe another weapon for for Tom Brady, like DJ Moore. Maybe you go and get a lineman. I mean, is there anybody there that you see that the Bucs could maybe use that they can poach off of one of these tanking teams? DJ Moore, if he wants to come to the Buccaneers, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady can just make a call and, and just make recruit it him. Recruit yeah. him. There's no better call to have than, <laughs> hey, t- I- hey. Who's calling? Tom Brady. Hey, Brady, what's up? You want to come to my team? Sure, absolutely. Don't pull up. Yeah, 100%. I feel like a guy, this would be a perfect fit, you know, a team like the Packers that, you know, they can't really stretch the ball down the field. They go and get a guy like Devontae Adams <laughs> at the Raiders. <laughs> and, like, I mean, I, obviously I'm joking. But right. Like, because... But, like, that's, like, that's, we're, that's where we are right yeah. now. Like, Devontae Adams goes, to his, the, goes back to, and plays with Derek Carr, his college teammate in Los Angeles. Raiders are still the Raiders. They yeah. stink. They're one and four. The Packers are three and three. A middling team in the NFC. Like it, we've we're we've come we've done a full one eighty. It just 
that has not worked out for anybody. It's tough because these – and that's why at least you can – if you're a 49ers fan, you can look at Christian McCaffrey and say – because skill players in the NFL outside of quarterback aren't really floor raisers. They're more ceiling raisers. So, like, if you're a team that is, you know, middling around, you're probably 9-8, and 10-7 and seven team, and you add a guy like Christian McCaffrey, he might be able to bump you up to win you a couple more of those close games to a 12-win team. If you're a team like with the Raiders, if they were just a little bit stronger, a little better, and they added more guys than just Devontae Adams, Adams can take you over the top. You see that with the Packers right now. The one thing they're missing, like you said, Cyrus, is a guy like Devontae Adams. You would have thought that bringing that same guy that would take the Packers, who are, what, 3-3 three and three right now, mm-hmm. they likely would be like 5-1 and one if they still had Adams. They might even be undefeated. I mean, the games they've lost, outside of that Jets game, it feels like they should have won many of the games they were in. But Rodgers had no faith in a number one guy like what he had with Adams. It feels like to me that if you're a 49ers fan, that's one thing to hang your hat on is with Jimmy G in there, you expect to be a playoff team. You could might even win your division right now, and you're adding Christian McCaffrey without giving up any other guys. If, if healthy, you know, they should be the favorite to win that division at the very least right now, and that makes them technically a Super Bowl contender. 100%. I'm just, I'm just going across the league. I mean, maybe a guy like Alvin Kamara with the Saints. I mean, they, oh my they, goodness. They, they can't find a, a quarterback now with the you know, Drew Brees is, his, uh, is in retirement. You know, Alvin Kamara, he is, needs to he's go. been a top five back in the league his yeah. entire career in New Orleans. And now he's just, you know, he's got Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston throwing the ball. He, he's a guy that, you know, like McCrap. If, if, we're, if, if we're talking about McCaffrey, you said, what a fall. What a fall. You went from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston. If, if we're talking about like, guy, dual, <laughs> threat, guy. dual threat guys, no. I mean, Kamara's up there as one of the best in the league as well as McCaffrey. Kamara's up there as a guy, but I don't. if you weren't watching last night, he looked out of it. Like Kamara did. Every time they cut to Kamara on the sideline, he looked like he didn't want to be there. He played well, he caught the little dump offs. And he was out there when he was out there, but they used a lot more Mark Ingram than you would have liked, especially in situations where they were behind. And you would think, hey, we're, we're behind in this game. It's primetime TV. My quarterback isn't that dynamic. Maybe put my best player on the field. And the Saints had Mark Ingram in at running back. He still got me 17 points, though. Kamara? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's, he's going to get I'll him. take it. A lot of dump-off catches, but... There's help. that PPR for it. There's that PPR. Yeah, PPR help. He had, what, like seven catches last night? 17.5 points. But he had under 50 rushing yards. He had, like, 57 receiving yards. Like, he's your main guy. He's your best weapon, especially with Michael Thomas out. And you, you kind of had him on the sideline when you needed him. I don't know. I, I'm with you on that. Free Alvin Kamara. In fact, let's just go to the NFC South and free everybody not on the Bucks roster. Because the rest of that division to be right now is just like, eh. I'll take it though because it's an instant bid for a playoff. Yeah, that's why Tom Brady's like, I'm not retiring. I'm staying. I'm staying in the stinky NFC South. <laughs> well, also he's probably getting rid of his wife. So. Well, yeah, obviously he's got nothing. He's got no family to go back to now. But uh, he's like, he was in the AFC East for 20 years. They were the AFC East was terrible, and now the AFC East is good. And it was like, I'm staying in the NFC South. I don't want anything to do with any teams that can win. You can cruise into the playoffs. Do we have that sound of Tom Brady? This is Tom Brady. Um. Yesterday, because of the struggling way of the Bucks right now and the way that they've been losing games and all of the dissension, and you see Tom Brady yelling on the sideline and throwing iPads and, and not being on the same page with his receivers, not getting the correct blocking from his O-line, the media is starting to wonder, is this, is this the last ride for Tom Brady? And he addressed that this week. No retirement in my future. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That's the way he ended it right there. Just quick, easy, no retirement in my future. For, I mean... That's impossible to say that, right? What do you mean? No retirement in my future. That's a lie. How do you know? Oh. <laughs> I mean, eventually. If you want to go that petty route, absolutely. He said his Theo. future, though, like near future, no retirement after this year. He said in my future. Like, are you going to play forever? Because honestly, it feels like it. That's great. As long as he's in a Buccaneers jersey. <laughs> Would you really take him for the next five years? You wouldn't want to move yeah. on at some point? Yeah, because of the pieces that he can bring. Yeah. If. I feel like anybody would play for Tom Brady because they know who he is and what he brings to the table. It's a beautiful little ring. It seems like a lot of that is changing right now, though, with the way that he's not as attached to football as it seemed like he used to be. Like him going to Robert Kraft's wedding last week, him missing Wednesdays every single week. I mean, Tom Brady is heralded for being the ultra competitor, the guy that prepares like none other. He's maniacal. He's, he's Jordan-like in that way. 
and he's not giving that same effort. Do guys still feel that same gravitas to Tom Brady right now? When you're going through a lot, yeah, don't you kind of check out sometimes? All the time. Exactly. We have sometimes you have good shows, sometimes you have bad shows. Sometimes yeah. you're in it, sometimes you're out of it. That's what Tom Brady's going through. It is very public what he's going through it right is. now. Do you kind of feel for him? A little sympathetic? Absolutely. I have had a couple very close friends who are going through a divorce. Yeah. And that is something I do not wish on anybody. It's a huge emotional toll on top of financially, physically. Financially probably doesn't mean anything to them. But it is a huge burden. Not necessarily a burden, but it does take a toll on you and your life and causes a lot of stress. So when you're going through that, I would assume... Of course, some things are going to have to take some sacrifice. Yeah. Especially when you have kids involved. You got kids involved. It's very public. And also, it's not like he has much of an escape with football because the old line's not black and right. They're not winning games. It's it's kind of rough. Are we are we turning the – are we feeling sympathetic for Tom Brady? No. Sounds like it. <laughs> no. Sounds like Cyrus. it. Sounds Absolutely like not. It. Yeah, you guys are. It's okay. Come <laughs> Absolutely welcome. not. Welcome. Cyrus, I – You don't feel bad for the GOAT? I welcome nope. you with open arms. I'll give you a hug during the break if you want. Do welcome. not need a hug. I would think the thing about Tom Brady is like the stars that the Bucks had, like or have on the team, like besides Gronk, like Tom Brady hasn't brought anybody into Tampa Bay. That's like he only did Antonio Brown, who whatever I don't like him (laughs) at all as a human, but he did help get a ring. Yeah, okay, but like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like they were there. He's brought Gronk Gronk along, but like I don't, I don't know who's, I don't know. I I just I don't see coming to Tampa Bay just to play with. Yeah. Tom it's, Brady. Like, it's, it's not as appealing anymore. It's not, it's not as appealing. And the thing is, like, I understand, like, you have to, like, going back to the divorce thing, and he's going through a tough time, and obviously that is the case. But and you got to make sacrifices and whatnot. But you play in the NFL, like, that's something that – how many sacrifices can you make when it comes to playing a game like professional football? Like, it's kind of a thing where you're all in or you're all out. It's a sacrifice in itself. But So you feel – he feels nothing for Tom. Me and Jeanette are a little sad. Tear in my left ear, or eye. Yikes. It's nice to know, Theo, that you care about yeah. humans despite them being better than all of us in a certain topic. He's got, what, seven yeah. seven Super Bowls? Yeah. He's got he's got nothing left to prove. He'll be fine. You know, he'll, if, if, it's, if he wants to keep playing, he wants to keep playing, that's fine. But he's got to, you know, got to deal with the troubles that, that come with it. He does. It, people that have something to prove to us right now, and it's going to be big, it's going to be epic. You're going to want to tap into this one right here. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl Idol Competition presented by the city of Boca Raton. Oh, it's all coming down to tonight. After weeks of stiff competition, it's down to the final five. The five finalists that will take the stage at Boca Raton Marriott tonight at 6 p.m. That's just in, what, five hours? They're going to determine who will sing the national anthem at this year's RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl game. That's going to be December 20th at FAU Stadium. Speaking of Antonio Brown, he was just recently there. Purchase, I saw. <laughs> that was really random and weird. Purchase your tickets now at spiritofgivingnetwork.com. The roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl game. Again, 7.30 kickoff Tuesday before Christmas. And we're going to find out tonight, out of those five finalists, who's going to be singing the national anthem to get things kicked off in Boca Raton. We've got to get to some of the NBA action because the NBA did tip off this week. On Tuesday night, Cyrus and I did Brightline down to the FTX Arena to watch the Heat put out a lethargic performance against the Chicago Bulls who had, you know, they were missing two of their best players and still beat the Heat on the road. We'll get to some NBA action and touch on what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers after yet another loss and them not being able to hit the ocean from the shore. Jeanette? Can we also talk about the Astros and how they've beaten the oh, Yankees course. beautifully? We're going to I know get we have a couple. Oh, I was going to say, I yeah. know we have a bunch of New York listeners. Yes. So I want to, you know, just, I'm not saying bask in their demise, but just give it to them we a can, little bit. You we know? can do that. We, we also have a Yankees fan right here in front of us. In I know. Winning. Isn't yeah. it great? Yeah. We'll, it's like a reward. We'll get all of that and more. This is Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. The battle for L.A. is is pretty much, you know, done right now in the NBA as the Lakers drop to the Clippers at the Crypto Arena, or the Crypt, whatever we want to call it. 
crypto arena. It, it's the Staples Center. A hundred percent. I was going to say, I haven't yeah. fully embraced that name Crypto.com. Well, you know, however you want to go. But Clippers win last night, 103-97. The Lakers now still winless since Ty Lue became the head coach of the Clippers against the other L.A. team. It's all just... <sighs> It's going bad. Use whatever cliche you want when it comes to their shooting. I mean, they can't hit the broad side of a barn. They can't throw a beach ball in the ocean. Whatever you want to say, this is like maybe the worst shooting team that we've seen in quite some time, Jeanette. I mean, it's bad right now. Are those real cliches? Those are real cliches, Cyrus. You know that. You're a play-by-play yeah, those guy. Are 100%. Those. I've never heard of those before. Can't hit the broad side of a barn? Negative. Can't hit the ocean from a boat? Yeah. No. Never no? heard of those before. None of those? Okay. Wow. All right. I become more American every time on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's those are some of the that's what you say when people can't make shots. Like uh, the Lakers crew right now: Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James. That's a man who crew. should be saved from his situation, LeBron James. That's yeah. what I said. But the the funny thing is he he created he created it himself. Yeah. So that's a good point. He want, he's the one he who put the roster that. together. G, GM LeBron. It's tough to be saved from a situation you made yourself. The Lakers shot twenty percent from three. Last night, uh, through two games right now, they're 0-2. They have shot um, 22% in the first game, 20% in the second game, dropped both games. They've been playing well defensively, but the big story coming out of last night's loss, Russell Westbrook, who's going to have the spotlight on him all season long. This is one of the it's, – it's, I don't want to call it like a dumpster fire. It's, it's not good. To be in the city of L.A., to have LeBron James on your team and to be this bad offensively and to have a guy like Russell Westbrook who just draws so much attention in general, it's just there's no way that there's a happy ending to this story in L.A., but there was a happy ending to an interview with Russell Westbrook in the locker room following going 0 for 11 from the field. Westbrook went 0 for 11 from the field last night in what was just an abysmal offensive effort for the Lakers. And listen to this pretty cool post-game press conference well, where uh, Westbrook was saved from an interview by teammate Juan Toscano-Anderson. You mentioned the, the keep shooting mindset in this team, and, and it, it's not just you. There are a lot of guys that are missing shots right now. Are you seeing the misses affect confidence? Are they affecting your confidence at all? No, nope, because he keeps telling me to shoot. I miss a few shots. I appreciate that. On a set, for real. If you see Russell Westbrook's face, I mean, he – for. He generally does not look happy, and, and this was one of the guys, especially early in his career and even while he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder in his prime, just one of the most joyous dudes, dancing on the sideline, um, high energy, generally optimistic except for maybe after bad games. He looks like he hates playing basketball right now, and it shows with his play, but he did perk up a little bit there when JTA stepped in and and had his back for his family. Jeanette, you talked a lot about me not having your back. You don't. I do have your back. But you don't think I would have interjected like JTA did there in the Russell Westbrook interview. No, so I guess that'll be the new standard. Yeah, yeah. You don't have my back like Mike Evans has Tom Brady's back. Right, I don't do it that way. No, but, but you do. But I you would do. jump in for an interview like that with JTA. I don't know if that's that much better for an no. interview without actually doing something. You know me. Like, be about it. You want me to swing on somebody. That's, that's, that's the only way to protect Jeanette. 100%. I'm just trying to be here for ESPN West Palm all the while. Cyrus, how do you feel about the, the Westbrook and, and JTA uh, interaction there? Because, again, Westbrook, if you just watch him out there, he doesn't look like he's part of the team huddles. He's not really into it with the guys. He look, He's an outsider right now on the Lakers, and he also – is heavily scrutinized and criticized by anybody who's watching these games. And then he has his teammate there backing him up on the cameras. Nice. Yeah, it's it's great. And JTA, you know, a guy that doesn't have to go out of his out of his way to do that and and, and take some blame off of Russell Westbrook. But look, it's Westbrook talk about a guy who seems disconnected from his team. It's it's kind of self-inflicted a yeah. little bit. I mean, you've seen the videos of the Lakers trying to huddle on uh, like just in a stoppage in play and Russ looks uninterested and and then like pregame the the team is is at center court or you know in the key or wherever Russ is like just not even doesn't even like might as well just be in the stands. Like yeah. it's it's tough to it Russ it's tough to defend him 
as a as a teammate because it's like you want to have your cake and eat it too. Like you want us to come to your defense, but like you don't want to fully a hundred percent like buy into what we're trying to do here. And additionally, you don't want to buy in and you're stinking up the joint right now. So yeah. it's just it's. I mean, I, I appreciate Toscano Anderson trying to have his back, but at the end of the day, like, you're making $45, 50000000 million. You're not – you're just not – It's not good. You're not giving us a whole lot, a, a whole, whole lot of stuff to defend. Yeah, and you got to be better – you got to be more willing to come off the bench and be a team pay, player, right, Jeanette? Yeah, not only that, but, like, what else is he going to say in that spot? If you put him on the spot like that, when you could say something negative, is he actually going to say how he really feels? Yeah. I mean – That's a cop-out. Russell Westbrook has had to answer these questions for the past three years now. He's had to ask questions about, should you be, would you be better coming off the bench? He's had to ask questions about his poor shooting, his high turnovers. And he hasn't handled it the, the best way, no, but also he has not been put in the right situations to be effective. Like, this Lakers roster is not constructed for Russell Westbrook, um, you know, for him to do well, or for LeBron James himself to be playing well. LeBron's playing very inefficiently through two games for the Lakers because there's no shooting around him, uh, not enough defense around him if you are getting shooting. Like, the Lakers are not a playoff team. Cyrus, you said Stone Lebanowitz, um, who you hear weekly here um, on Ken Levick Alive with Ken Levick, who's out right now. He'll be on the Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Maybe he'll give some reflections there. You said he had the Nets and the Lakers in the finals? Yeah, you go to Stone's Twitter, and Stone's... Uh, a a jokester. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a he's a funny guy. He's super entertaining. I I just I honestly didn't. I still don't know if he was joking around when he said he he thinks it's going to be Lakers Nets in the finals. I think there's a better chance that neither of these teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Than meet in the finals. I mean, obviously the Lakers, but the Nets opening night or for their op- their opener, they got beat by they got twenty piece. I think they were down by. 26 at one point to the Pelicans. It, it it was bad. And they got they got their tails kicked in that one. But Stone, not the best judge of talent. He also picked Baker Mayfield number one overall in our fantasy football team or league, <laughs> causing a great deal of pain to his team season long. And are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Maybe not fantasy football pain, but foot and ankle pain. And you need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Cy and I had a great time at FTX Arena and through the bright line. We'll talk about our experience watching the Heat lose to the Chicago Bulls of all teams who didn't even have Zach Levine or Lonzo Ball when we come back. This is Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3.